Welcome to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I am your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. I covered Red Sox for the Ocular Report. I studied journalism at Auburn University, where I also serve as co-sports director for the student-run radio station, Weagle 91.1 FM. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We are going to dive into the series against Tampa Bay, which just ended. We're going to take a quick look at Brian Bellow, and we will close things out by previewing the series against the Yankees, which starts tomorrow night. Let's get right into it. So, Game 1 against Tampa Bay, which was on Monday, was the one good game of the series. The Red Sox won 4-0. Trevor Story got the scoring started. He hit a home run to right center in the bottom of the fourth inning. Rafael Devers reached on an infield single that drove in Christian Arroyo in the bottom of the fifth inning to put the Red Sox up 2-0. Alex Verdugo hit into a fielder's choice that scored Rafael Devers in the bottom of the eighth inning to put the Sox up 3-0. And Franchi Cordero hit a single to right field that brought home J.D. Martinez in the bottom of the eighth inning. And that was all the scoring. Austin Davis got the start for Boston. He only pitched two innings, but he gave up no hits, one walk, and struck out two. Cutter Crawford picked up the win for the Red Sox. He threw 5.1 innings, gave up two hits, walked one batter, and struck out eight. John Scriber finished up the last 1.2 innings. He gave up no hits, didn't walk anyone, and recorded one strikeout. Jalen Beeks was the starter for Tampa Bay. He tossed two innings, gave up two hits, one walk, and two strikeouts. Josh Fleming pitched for five innings for Tampa Bay, allowing three runs, uh, earned off of eight hits, but he didn't walk anyone, and he struck out four batters. Calvin Foucher ended things for the Rays. He gave up one hit and earned a strikeout in his one inning of work. The biggest offensive producers for Boston in Game 1 were Raphael Devers, Trevor Story, and Christian Arroyo. All went 2-4 for four and scored once. The only Rays um, to record hits were Wander Franco and Yandy Diaz. Very, very good day for the Boston pitching staff. It wasn't an issue for once, which was a, it was a very pleasant surprise to see our pitchers just dominating. And hopefully we can see more of that. As this, you know, this season goes on, um, we didn't see it in the next two games, uh, that's for sure. And there was only one fielding error in Game One, which was nice to see after what went down in Chicago over the weekend. So moving into Game Two against Tampa Bay, unfortunately the Red Sox lost this one eight to four. Kevin Kiermeyer hit a three-run double to deep left center, which scored three runs in the top of the first for the Rays. Boston didn't seem to be phased by it too much as Xander Bogarts hit a two-run bomb to center field, which scored him and J.D. Martinez. Trevor Story added another one to the Red Sox column as he homered to left center in the bottom of the second inning to tie the game up at three. The next three innings were scoreless, but Kevin Kiermeyer once again for the Rays, um, grounded into a fielder's choice, which brought home Wander Franco in the top of the sixth. 
This unfortunately led to a big rally from Tampa Bay. Taylor Walls hit a sacrifice fly to left field, which allowed Kevin Kiermeyer to score. Rene Pinto uh, reached on an infield single that scored Randy Rosarena. Yandy Diaz hit a single to shallow left field that brought in Pinto. When the dust finally settled in the top of the sixth, the Rays held a 7-3 lead. Isaac Paradis hit a single in the top of the seventh that did even more damage as Wander Franco scored. Um, Xander Bogarts hit a sacrifice fly to left field, which brought home Jaron Duran, but that was all of the scoring. Nick Pavetta was the starter for Boston. He did a good enough job until the sixth inning. He pitched 5.2 innings, allowed eight hits, and seven earned runs. He walked two batters and struck out four. So not not a terrible day for Pavetta. Definitely not the best he's done all year, but far from the worst. Jake Diekman was called upon to get Boston out of that rough sixth inning. He gave up a hit and a walk before recording the one out that was needed in that moment. Hansel Robles pitched the seventh inning, allowing one hit, one earned run, two walks, and struck out one. And Tyler Danish pitched the final two innings for Boston. He gave up one hit, one walk, and recorded three strikeouts. Jeffrey Springs was the starter for Tampa Bay. He tossed four innings, giving up five hits, three earned runs, two walks, and recorded five strikeouts. The Rays had a new pitcher every inning for the rest of the game. The Red Sox, who produced the most, were Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, and Jared Duran. We've been saying those names a lot recently. And the largest producing Rays were Kevin Kiermeyer, Isaac Paradis, and Yandy Diaz. And a big takeaway from Game 2, never trust the Red Sox. I hate saying that, but I've been a fan of this team for as long as I can remember, and... So far this year, that statement, never trust the Red Sox, has been more true than ever. Moving into Game 3, the Red Sox lost this one 7-1. This one ended just about two hours ago and was definitely my least favorite of the series. Just very hard to watch. The Red Sox got dominated from start to finish. Pitching wasn't good. Fielding was okay. The offense went completely flat which is just really unfortunate. Um, I thought that the offense was kind of past that. They've been, they've been producing very well recently. But they lost 7-1. Wander Franco got the scoring started off quick for Tampa Bay in the series finale as he singled and drove in Yandy Diaz in the top of the first inning. Randy Rosarena added on two more for the Rays in the top of the third as he had a double that brought in G-Man Choi and Yandy Diaz. Kevin Kiermeyer also doubled in the top of the third inning to bring in Randy Rosarena. And in the top of the sixth, Josh Lowe hit a double to center field to score Vidal Braun. G-Man Choi was also walked in that inning to force in Lowe. And the Red Sox finally got on the board in the bottom of the eighth inning as J.D. Martinez hit a single to left center that brought in Jared Duran. And Randy Rosarena capped off the series with a solo home run to right center. Corey Kluber was on the mound for Tampa Bay. He pitched six innings, allowed no runs, didn't walk anyone, and struck out five. Uh, Brian Bello made his major league debut, and he was the starter for the Red Sox tonight. He pitched four innings, allowed four runs, walked three, and struck out two. 
Um, and Randy Orzarena was definitely the game's biggest producer offensively. I'm not even going to highlight a Red Sox here because no one did anything. And a big takeaway from this one was the offense fell completely flat on its face, which is very unfortunate to say. I hate seeing that. Like I previously said, I thought that was behind us, but you know, evidently not. So real quick, some more information on Bray and Bello. He is a native of Samana, Dominican Republic. He is 23 years old, signed by the Red Sox on July 2nd, 2017. Uh, he started this year with Portland, which is the Portland uh, Sea Dogs, which is the Red Sox AA affiliate. He went 4-2 and two with a 1.60 ERA, 33 and two-thirds innings pitched, and 42 strikeouts. Then he made his way up to Wooster, the Wooster Red Sox, which are the the AAA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. There he went six and two with a 2.81 ERA, 51 point or 51 and one third innings pitched and 72 strikeouts. So, and tonight um, I'll just read his line out again. He pitched four innings, allowed four earned runs, walked three, and struck out two batters. Overall, not terrible. I know that I know that sounds really bad, but there have been a lot worse major league debuts from pitchers who you know turned out to be great. So I'm not too too worried about it just yet. Um, I definitely saw a lot of stuff I liked. He had a very good fastball, so I'm looking forward to seeing how Bellow's career develops. Brand, welcome to Boston. We are happy to have you. So just some serious takeaways from this one. Once again, never judged the Red Sox by the first game of the series. Boston has now lost three series in a row, the last two being against American League East opponents. Or no, the first one and the third one being against American League East opponents. That's right, they played Chicago in the middle there. So not, not a good time for a rough patch. Because these next four games against the Yankees at home at Fenway, they're not going to be fun for the Red Sox, I don't think. I think the Red Sox are going to struggle, which I hate saying that. I would really love to come on here and be confident and you know say, I'm not worried at all the Red Sox are going to dominate, but that's just not me. And I'm always going to be honest. And yeah. So moving into this Yankees series, game one. I really hate this. I wish this wasn't the case, but Garrett Cole is starting for the Yankees. This year, he is 7-2 with a 2.99 ERA, a 1.01 whip, 93 and one-third innings pitched, and 117 strikeouts. Josh Winkowski is getting the start for the Red Sox. He is 3-2 with a 3.12 ERA, a 1.38 whip. 26 innings pitched and 19 strikeouts to his name this year. Obviously, Cole's going to have the advantage statistically. He has looked a lot better so far this year. But in his time with the Yankees, Garrett Cole has been known to struggle at Fenway Park. Last year's wild card game comes to mind. So maybe some Fenway Magic will work out tomorrow and the Red Sox can get past him. Uh, Boston is likely going to be missing Rafael Devers tomorrow, which means Bobby Dahlbeck will be playing third base, most likely. 
In game two, Nestor Cortez is on the mound for New York. This year, he is 7-3 with a 2.44 ERA, a 0.95 whip, 85 innings pitched, and 91 strikeouts. Michael Waka is supposed to be on the mound for Boston. Right now, he's day-to-day, but the team still has his Still has him listed as the scheduled starter. He is 6-1 with a 2.69 ERA, a 1.11 whip, 70 and one-third innings pitched, and 51 strikeouts. I like that matchup a lot for Washout. And hopefully he'll be healthy. Hopefully he'll be able to pitch. And I'm not sure who the Red Sox would go with because they haven't named a starter for Game 3 yet. So if Michael can't pitch, not sure who... Um, Alex Cora is going to put out there. In game three for the Yankees, Jordan Montgomery will be starting. He is 3-2 this year with a 3.19 ERA, a 1.03 whip, 90 and one-third innings pitched, and 72 strikeouts. And like I just said, the Red Sox have not named a starter yet for game three. Game four, this one is the Sunday night baseball game on ESPN. Those games are always a lot of fun. I'm glad that the Red Sox get to have another one against the Yankees. Uh, we started off the first Sunday night baseball game this year was Red Sox-Yankees. That one was at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. This one's at Fenway, so I'm very excited to watch it. Um, Jameson Talion will probably get the nod from Yankees manager Aaron Boone. He is 9-2 with a 3.63 ERA, a 1.5 whip. 89 and one-third innings pitch and 74 strikeouts. Nick Pavetta will probably see this difficult Yankees lineup on Sunday. He is 8-6 with a 3.68 ERA, a 1.16 whip, 101-third innings pitch and 95 strikeouts. Pavetta, to this point, has without a doubt been the Red Sox ace this year. I expect that to continue. And it'll be tough on Sunday, or not just Sunday, this whole weekend will be tough. These next four, if the Red Sox can take two, I'm happy. Um, as long as they don't get swept, I'll tolerate it. So if, if they just win one, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay at this point. Obviously, I hate saying that. And a sweep is always what you want. However, best case, the ceiling's three. We're not going to take all four of these. Best, the most likely thing is us winning two. I think we can split, especially being at home, but we will see. That is going to be it for tonight. A disappointing week so far for the Red Sox. I really hope they can get things turned around as they have a very tough four games ahead of them. Um, you can follow the show on Instagram or Twitter at Focused on Fenway, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great night, and I will speak with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Have a great rest of your night, and I'll speak with you again soon.